Hello, welcome to another episode of Field of Screams Podcast. Today we will be talking about Friday the 13th. Yes, the OG, the one made in 1980, the one that started it all. How this movie came to be. In 1978, a man named John Carpenter released a movie called Halloween. It was pretty popular, a lot of people liked it. So, a man named Sean S. Cunningham called up another guy named Victor Miller and said, Hey, listen, Halloween's making a killing right now. Let's ride that momentum and let's literally just rip off their movie and hopefully we'll make a lot of money. Now, granted, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he actually did use the words, let's rip off their movie. So I'm not going completely off the books here. So Sean Cunningham ended up producing and directing this film and Victor Miller ended up writing this film, which they worked together and they got along just fine, but I mean, if you look at present day, there is a little custody battle between them two, and that is why we haven't gotten a Friday the 13th movie in so long. Now granted, I'm jumping way far ahead. Let's go back to back in 1979-ish, probably. A little bit before the movie actually came out. They sold the movie to Paramount, and once they did that, they were able to get the ball rolling. They got Betsy Palmer to play in this movie, Adrian King, Kevin Bacon. I mean, Kevin Bacon was unknown at this time, which is kind of funny how things work out. I mean, we got Johnny Depp in their original Nightmare on Elm Street, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, Jennifer Aniston in the original Leprechaun. I mean, heck, we even have Matthew McConaughey in one of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. So, Victor Miller, he finished the script for the movie, Sean directed the movie, and they almost gave this movie the title, A Long Night at Camp Blood. But they kind of realized, you know what, we're ripping off of Halloween, let's just follow the trend and name this series, or this movie, they didn't know it was going to be a series yet. Let's name this movie Friday the 13th, another ominous holiday. And that's how we got our title. So this movie that directly and intentionally ripped off of Halloween, which Sean Cunningham admits it all the time, even present day. He's like, oh yeah, we definitely ripped off of that. That movie ended up leading into a franchise that branched into 12 different movies, several video games, and made $468 million altogether. So not too bad. This movie made $59.8 million itself. It had a pretty viral marketing campaign. They invested a lot of money into it. There was a lot of commercials just advertising this movie like crazy. And a lot of people came out to see it, especially after the Halloween craze. Now, I've talked a lot about background information about this movie. Let's talk about the quality of this movie. You know, what do, what do we think about this movie itself? And it's actually kind of funny when I was younger. I mean, everyone knows about the Friday the 13th movie series. It's... I mean, it's it's one of the top three of all time. Everyone knows Jason Voorhees, and I remember when I was younger, I was talking to my dad, and there was a movie on, Jason was chasing someone, and I was like, yeah, so, was the first one any good? I, you know, I, I couldn't remember seeing it, and I said, is Jason pretty cool? And then my dad's just like, oh, Jason's not in it. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, this is his franchise. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Jason's not in it. It's his mom. His mom's the killer. And I was just kind of like, oh, okay. So that was when I decided to first 
intentionally watch the Friday the 13th series all the way through. So I had to start with number one, right? Now, I'll be honest. I was not a big fan of Friday the 13th, the original movie. I still am not a big fan of Friday the 13th, the original movie. I think it's kind of slow. I think there's a lot of off-screen kills for a, a franchise that likes to glorify itself on the gore. You know, they always compare themselves. Like, Halloween does the angles and shadows to whereas Friday the 13th is all about the gore. Now, granted, Tom Savini works in this movie, and there are some kills that hold up and that do look well. The One of the very first girls, not the first girl to get killed, but the second one who's a hitchhiker. Which, by the way, I think she might have been a better main girl than Adrian King. No offense, Adrian. But first time, first time she was talking, I was like, oh, they should have stuck with her. But no, they killed her. But that kill was pretty good. And he slit her neck and the blood came out. It looked pretty realistic for the time. It was a good kill. But again, four or five off-the-screen kills. Come on. Going back to the good kills, I will say the way that Kevin Bacon dies was a pretty good kill. He gets stabbed through the throat as he's laying in the bed. That was pretty creative. Though part of me does wonder why Mrs. Voorhees would crawl underneath his bed and stab him that way instead of just stabbing him while he's on the bed. I, that seems a little easier. Another good kill is the guy who gets the axe to the head. Though I think the actor, he got the the fake blood in his eye. And he actually, I think he went temporarily blind for a little bit or it did damage his eyesight because back then Savini when he mixed the blood they didn't realize that it was harmful to the eye and yeah that the actor took some damage for that so I mean that kind of sucks but it was a good kill in the movie another thing that I, the first one does and it kind of spreads to the second one and I'd say even the third one as well is when they were making this movie they weren't going to make it the Jason Voorhees show that we know that it's that it is today. You know, it took place at this camp, and at night this camp looks creepy. I mean, if anyone's ever been to a campground, you know, at nighttime, things always get a little creepier. And I think this camp here, it kind of creates this cool little atmosphere where you don't quite know what's going to happen at this camp. Now granted, we all know the franchise, we all know what's hiding. But if you're new to this movie, I mean, the way they set it up, how foggy it is, how dark, the shadows, the rain falling, it creates a really good atmosphere for a scary movie. Watching the first one, it almost gave me the idea, what if they centered this franchise, not around Jason Voorhees, you know? We have Jason's mom killing in the first one, Jason killing in the second one. But what if the whole reason why all this was happening is because... The camp itself was evil. You know, kind of like a pet cemetery type deal. That was kind of something I had in mind. I'm like, ooh, they could have went another direction with this franchise. Now granted, they made a good decision. Jason Voorhees has gotten them a lot of money. And I'm not saying that Jason Voorhees shouldn't be the main character. But it was just something that popped in my head. And that was the atmosphere that I feel like the first couple movies gave me. Ralph was a good touch. The guy who runs around saying, you're all doomed. Some people might think he's a little goofy, but, I mean, especially for the time, I I think he's a good character to have. I almost wish they would have kept him around longer in the franchise, but I know his appearances would have grew 
tiresome if he was showing up in the fifth and the sixth one and the seventh one just repeatedly saying you're all doomed but i mean the first one you know you see him in town he's saying it then he shows up in the cabin later just randomly i mean that, that's kind of creepy it creates a good creep me at creepy atmosphere now as i'm watching this movie I mean, granted, I already know who the killer is, so I'm just kind of looking for hints and clues. And, you know, throughout this movie, Mrs. Voorhees is nowhere to be found. They kind of give a tale about how Jason Voorhees drowned while the counselors were busy doing whatever. But when you make a movie that's a who-did-it film, and then you don't meet the person who actually did it till the reveal happens, I feel like it's kind of cheating. So, I mean, in terms of grades of this film, I mean, granted, this film was extremely successful, but, again, it feels like it's cheating when you're like, oh, guess who did it? Guess who did it? Oh, it was this person who's just now showing up. Ha, gotcha. Like, that's not a very good job of doing a who did it film. I mean, if you want to make the argument that, well, you know, they got to make a run time, like, they got to make it a certain length of time so they couldn't waste scenes, like, no... I mean, the pacing of this movie is so off. I mean, there are scenes where we watch Alice make a pot of coffee. And the scene just kind of drags its feet. It goes by very slowly. You know, we watch them play cards. We watch them play the guitar and sing songs. Like, this movie takes its time. This isn't a boom, 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 boom type movie. They could have had multiple opportunities to kind of just have Pamela Voorhees around for some reason. Just to make her a suspect. But they never do that. Finally, towards the end of the film, Pamela Voorhees finally does show up. And I mean, Betsy Palmer. Bless her heart. But she looks like an elementary teacher that I had back in elementary school. Not exactly the most intimidating figure. It's probably a good thing they moved on to Jason Voorhees in the later sequels. But she shows up, she does her thing, and the actress Betsy Palmer again... If you watch the documentary uh, Memories of Crystal Lake, I think it's called, she completely trashes the script of this film. Uh, I think her words exactly, she called it a piece of shit. And she said the only reason why she was in this movie is because she wanted to buy a new car. So she wasn't too thrilled to be in it. But, I mean, she's in it, and it seems like she embraces it now. So, that's good. Our final girl, Alice, she does eventually dispose of Mrs. Voorhees. She chops off her head, which is a pretty good scene. It's a fun scene. But after that scene, there's kind of a dream sequence where she's floating in the river. And then Jason Voorhees' broken down body jumps out of the lake to grab Alice and drag her down into the water. And it is by far the scariest scene in this movie, in my opinion. And I guess it... The audience members in the theater, I mean, whenever this scene happened, like, it, the theater erupted. People were terrified. And, I mean, that's why in this franchise, this scene's repeated at least three or four different times in the later movies. So, I mean, they knew this scene was effective, and I, they used it multiple times once again. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, uh, this film was very successful. Led to m- multiple sequels down the road, 12 of them. Was Alice a great final girl? I I thought she was alright. I mean, I usually don't hear people saying she's the best ever. I don't think people ever go that far. But she does fine. Pamela Voorhees is the killer. I don't know if she's the best killer ever. But, I mean, the story does its job. And it gets us to Jason in the second film. And that's where the fun really starts happening. 
Am I a big fan of this film? No, I am not. I think it is one of the worst in the franchise, which is rare for people to feel that way about the very first movie of a franchise. But, I mean, that's just how I feel. If you feel differently, that's fine. That's your opinion. And I mean, if you're going to argue that this film launched everything, I mean, that that is correct, it did. I mean, you think of all the lore that's set up with the horror genre itself. The Friday the 13th franchise set that bar. Usually the cliches that people kind of mock the horror franchise for, usually it's leading back to Friday the 13th. The rules that are kind of established. I mean, if you watch the movie Scream and they're talking about if a character has sex, they're going to die off. That usually happens in a Friday the 13th movie. I mean, and the weaknesses in Friday the 13th films are usually the weaknesses that are critiqued with the horror genre. So, by all means, just because I don't really care for it, it is a very important film in terms of horror. But enough of what I think. Tell me what you think of this movie. The very first Friday the 13th. You know, is it worth the hype? Are you a fan of it? Are you not a fan of it? What things do you like? What don't you like? While you're doing that, feel free to like this episode because that helps get it out to other people. I would really appreciate that. And feel free to subscribe to listen and watch future episodes. Well guys, until next time.